Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to know that we have a God that we can hold on to in the middle of the storm. Amen. Well, hello. Good morning. My name is Pastor Michelle, and I am one of the pastors here, and we are so glad that you guys are here this morning. If you are a visitor with us, welcome. And this young man, I hate to say that I feel so old with him on staff now, but this is Eddie Wachowski. Did I say that right? I didn't, did I? Witkowski. 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 I'm going to get it right one day. Um, Try saying that really fast 10 times and get a good good exercise for your mouth. But Eddie is our new youth pastor, and we are so excited to have him. Yes. Yes. Eddie and Yana is his beautiful wife right here. Yes, you can come on up. And they have just come in and just they just already fit right in. They're so personable, and the kids already love them. And so we are so glad to have them here. Now, Eddie, have y'all had anything exciting happen to y'all since y'all been here yet? Well, we went to the Galleria yesterday, uh, which is enormous, and yes. had to remember that we were in Zone Z, double LL3, <laughs> underground parking. And we were in the mall, and we saw a lot of people with, like, red hair, blue hair, with tails. Tails. I'm not kidding you. And so we were like, Houston is very interesting. Uh, but we saw so many, we finally decided to ask someone, and apparently there was an anime convention next door. Ah. Does so, anybody, do y'all know what anime we're is? Relieved. I just learned what it was. Tell everybody what anime is. It's like Japanese cartoons. Okay. All right. So, well, that's interesting. I bet you were thinking, oh, did we move to the wrong city? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, also, I asked Eddie if he was um, one of those youth, pa- youth pastors that are going to pay Uh, the teenagers back because the teenagers like to play pranks and I won't mention any names but our former youth pastor uh, one time forked my yard toilet paper in my yard and threw tortillas on my roof because my daughter and her friends had done something to him and uh, he hasn't really answered me yet but I'm kind of hoping that he's not the type for paybacks until she gets her own property and then he can do it (laughs) no tortillas no tortillas okay good well we're so glad to have you guys Uh, We're going to have meet and greet in in just a second, but if you did not receive a matchbox when you came in the door, um, would you um, raise your hand? The ushers have them, and we're going to use them at some time during the service. Teenagers, please do not light any matches before Pastor Matt uh, gives us instructions, but would you turn to one another and, and tell each other good morning? We have uh, been in a series together for the summer today, sadly, gladly, whatever you think about it, is the last of day of the series, uh, Church on the Go, and in fact, we got all these suitcases up here. If you were interested in one, some have already been claimed, uh, but we would like them not to be here uh, come Monday, uh, so if you would like to see one of those awesome suitcases that you would like to have. See Miss Michelle afterwards, Minister Michelle afterwards, and uh, you can claim one of those. We're going to actually start a new series next week. This is kind of a poll question, if you will. How many have seen the movie or movies Back to the Future? If you have, raise your hands. All right. Now the poll, it's kind of a secret poll because we were wondering what the age was that... uh, People would say, is it 30? That, that's kind of like the starting age that people have actually seen that group of movies. So do you know, this is a test because you raised your hands, but do you know what a DeLorean is? Yes, you do. All right. There may or may not be a DeLorean here next week. So just throwing that out there. May or may not be, so you might want to show up next week. But I've been in this Church on the Go series, and uh, sadly... If you were to take a look at some statistics, my pop-in, yeah. 
some, some statistics, you would look at the fact that the church for the last several years in America is on the decline. It, the numbers are going down of people that are attending church. And there's a lot of different theories and thoughts about this. Uh, but there's, there's one guy who's a historian by the name of Andrew Wells. And I recently read something from him, and it's pretty, I think, thought-provoking that maybe some of the reasons why this is, it is. He says this, that every religion has an epicenter. And usually the epicenter is, is the strongest point of influence to where the, and for most religions, all religions except for Christianity, the place that, that a religion began is where its strongest points are. For example, like Buddhism began in the Far East, and that's still where the strongest place that it, it really is. With, uh, with Islam, the Middle East was kind of the birthplace there, and that's still obviously a very major hub there. But that does not hold true for Christianity. And he points out that there are more Christians right now in Africa than any other place in the world right now, than any other place. And in fact, the, the Christian epicenter is always moving. And I'm popping again, right? It's always moving all around. In fact, you, obviously it started in Jerusalem, and then it, it spread out to the Greeks, and then to North America, or to North Africa. Then it went to Rome, and then England, and then America, and now. And he, he says this. I think that there is a certain vulnerability, a, fra a fragile nature at the heart of Christianity. You might say that it's the vulnerability of the cross. And where that vulnerability is present, that is where growth happens. And, and the church in America goes on to talk about how it's become a muted and a, and a safe form of faith. And I have to tell you, there is nothing safe or muted about... Can you hear me okay? I'm kind of getting... I'm kind of everywhere on this mic. I can start to yell. You're hearing me okay? Awesome. There's nothing safe or muted about Christianity. Wow. We might need to go to a handheld. Uh, there's nothing safe about it. In fact, this guy by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. Oh. All right. Let's... Should we go there? Let's do it. Bonhoeffer. Do, 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 do. Got me? No popping? A little louder? Awesome. Bonhoeffer said this. When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and to die. To come and to die. And a faith that is vulnerable is one that is basically, it's, it's all in. There's no like half commitment. It's all in. The crowd was chanting. They were mad. They, there was just a furious nature to this crowd. They were, some were shouting, uh, Paul, we want Paul. Bring him out. Others were shouting, Artemis, she is the great God. Artemis, Artemis, Artemis. And this crowd was just furious. And there's more people that are, are gathering left and right. And they're heading toward this amphitheater in Ephesus. Ephesus was the third largest town in the Roman uh, Empire, and it was huge. It was a, a, a town that was on a bay, and, and people were coming from all around the world to this place. And they were known for several things that we're going to talk about, but there was just this chaotic crowd. And they were angry and, and, and upset. And if we look in Acts chapter 19, we're going to see this crowd, and you can grab your Bibles and head that way, and we're going to look at the end of the chapter. But in Acts chapter 19, this crowd, they're just they're stirred up. They're upset. And what are they upset at? They're 
once again, upset at Paul. I don't know if you know this, but in the book of Acts, Paul is getting in trouble all the time with people. There's just riots that are just breaking out, and they're upset. Some of that is because what we talked about last week. When, when the gospel hits the scene, it turns the world upside down, and things are not the same. And people have a hard time with that. And so there's this crowd, and they're upset. If we look at Acts chapter 19, verse 32, it says this. The assembly that was, that was forming, they were in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. And this is kind of a funny line in the, in the Bible. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. Uh, so you kind of imagine, ah, yeah, Artemis, ah, why are we here? I don't know, keep shouting, ah. So these, this flock of people, they're coming to this, this, this amphitheater. There's about 25,000 can fit into this amphitheater in Ephesus. The crowd's getting bigger and bigger, and they're shouting, honestly, for like two hours, this this upset, and some don't even know why they are there. It kind of reminds me, if you were in high school, I don't know if this is still true about high school, but if you're in a cafeteria scene in a high school, all someone has to say is one word, one word, and there is a, just a huge crowd that just moves all around. You know what that word is? Fight! And wherever that fight's happening, it's like, we're there. We're going. Now, there's two words that'll double that, the size of that crowd. I don't know why. There's theories. Girl fight! <laughs> I don't know if there's like the hope of slaps and hair being pulled or, or what. But if you say girl fight in the cafeteria and a mob will come, okay? That's the kind of scene we're talking about here. It's just a, a, a fury there. And so they're looking for Paul. They can't find Paul. They, they grab these two friends of his, and, and here's just this chaotic scene. Now, sometimes when I, uh, I had a learning disability growing up, and when the person that helped me kind of get through that was like, sometimes you need to look at things backwards to help you get some clarity. Uh, like with a test, sometimes I would actually work on the, the, the last problem first and then make my way up. I don't know why, but that's what she told me. That's what I remembered at least. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of look backwards at Acts chapter 19. So there's a crowd. Why? Why is this? I mean, we know it's Paul, but really, what's the heart of the issue? What's going on here? So let's look back in Acts chapter 19, verse 23, verse 23 and 29. It says this, about that time there rose a great disturbance about the way. Now, when I read a verse, sometimes lines and movies jump out, so I just immediately thought, there's been a disturbance in the false. Uh, that just jumped, I don't know why it's there, but there it is. Uh, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But a disturbance about the way. A silversmith by the na name Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together along with the workers in related trades and said, You know, my friends, that we have received a good income from this business, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large number of peoples here, people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia, which we're talking about Turkey, modern-day Turkey. He says that this, these gods that are made by human hands, that they're no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious, and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city 
was in an uproar. Well, who is this Artemis? That's kind of a, probably a big question we should answer. Ephesian, uh, Ephesus was known for this temple of Artemis. It was actually one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Seven wonders of the ancient world. Now, here are the ruins that are there today, that looks like. And uh, here is actually what it, this kind of a replica, uh, a mock of what it looked like back in the day. The next picture is, is something like this. And it's a temple that was dedicated to Artemis. Now, can anybody name the seven wonders of the ancient world? No, the, uh, the Astrodome is not one of those seven wonders. Anybody? I had to get a cheat sheet. The Great Wall of China is not actually, that's one of the, the modern world. What's that? Stonehenge? Nope. The Hanging Gardener, Gardens, ding, ding, ding. Anybody else? What's that? The Lighthouse, yes. Whoever said that? Uh, Lighthouse of Alexander. I'm very, uh, very impressed. I did not know that. Anyone else in guesses? You're missing the obvious one here. The Pyramids, the Pyramids, ding, ding, ding. Hanging Gardens, the Pyramid, the Temple of Artemis, Statue of Zeus, uh, the mausoleum of another word that I cannot uh, pronounce, uh, the Colossus of Rhodes, and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Impressive, but I did not know. I think I do two of those before. But it was known in the area. In fact, this town was so big because it was known for tourism. People were coming in to go to the temple. They would go to this temple of Artemis, and they would offer sacrifices and meet with the priest there, and just, it was, that was what it was known for. So people were coming left and right to come to this town for that reason. Now, who is this Artemis? Now, Artemis, she is one of the most famous goddesses back then. She was the goddess of hunting and wilderness and wild animals. If you see, you made a picture of her, you would see like this, uh, a crossbow and some arrows, it's a lot of the pictures that she's seen for. She's also, sometimes there's a deer there. She's basically the, the Katniss Everdeen of the ancient world, okay? So that's kind of the image that people had of her. But there was something else that she was known for. She was known for, she was the goddess of fertility. And she was also the goddess that determined whether or not who lived and who died as far as babies in childbirth. Big deal, big deal. Because if you were, uh, back in the day, think about how many years ago this was, not everyone lived and survived the childbirthing process. Not, obviously, we've, we've made a lot of advances. And so, if you were to pray, if you would sacrifice, if you would lean on the god, goddess Artemis, then, oh, she would help uh, bring success in childbirth, and the mom would live. But there was an evil side. There was an evil side to Artemis. She would actually, she was the daughter of Zeus, and Zeus had given her the, the favor, the ability to, to kill any baby that she chose. Think about how powerful this person would be. So what Demetrius does, he is a silversmith. Now everyone, they, they try, they were selling. Think about those shops. If you've ever gone to a tour, any tourist place, they have shops and they have stuff that they sell. They would sell idols that were like this. They were different sizes and different things. And so there was a huge business in, in the city that, to, to make and to sell these things. Imagine them out of silver and other, other things, wood. And so people would buy these things. Now, there's debate on what exactly is going on in the front of that statue, if those are eggs or something else, the whole fertility thing. But uh, we're not going to go there this morning. Uh, but they would make these statues 
and sell them. So, so what's happening here? I mean, he's pretty upset at Paul. Now, it doesn't take a theologian to figure out what's going on here. Suddenly, when your business is potentially obsolete and not needed, that, that ticks some people off. Uh, I don't know, Blockbuster did not get that memo uh, because if they would, they might have changed a little bit their, their strategy and maybe survived. And so this, he's like, we are not going to be Blockbuster, okay? We're not going out of business because what line does he say? Paul's going around and he's saying this, that this God made by human hands is not really a God at all. It's not really a God at all. And that fires people up because what motivates people more than anything? Wallets. Your wallet motivates, doesn't it? And so he stirs up this crowd and, and, and he is upset. And, and it's, it's pretty obvious why that this, this could put us out of business. You know, there is a, I don't think it's a stretch to say that uh, people are, are, have made their gods their wallet and things kind of dictate the way that they, they, they serve and choose and what they do based on that. But there are also a ton of other gods that are out there. We, uh, I've heard it said probably all my life that uh, let me see your checkbook and let me see your schedule and I'll kind of tell you what your, your little G God is in, in your world. And I, I think that we can add a third thing to that. Let me see your checkbook, where you spend your money, but let, let me see where you spend your time but, but let me see where you click, and that'll determine the little G of your life. I was listening to this radio station this week, and this uh, news uh, guy was talking about, he just kind of dropped this in there. He just said, you know, that article was written for clicks. It was written for clicks, and it just jumped in my mind. You do know that people publish news stories, sports and real news, just for clicks, because every time a click is made, money is made. Money is made. And so is it possible even the things that we read and that we see are, 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 are driven by clicks? Clicks. They're everywhere. Things that drive our, our lives. Um, and, and it's not just about things that we look at. There's, there's, there's businesses all over the world, and they're not really concerned about being right or wrong. It's about money. You know one of the biggest businesses in the world, a, maybe some estimate a $100 billion business in the world, is pornography in various ways that it's spread out throughout the world. Stats tell us that about 77% of people view pornography every single month. 77%. It's a big business. I uh, kind of have an, a, a debate right now. There, there's other little g-gods that are out there as well. God of, God of pleasure. The God of sports is, is pretty tough. I, I'm having, man, it's hard. In about a month, my DirecTV contract is about to go up. And I've kind of felt pressed for a while now, and I haven't wanted to admit it, but I'm kind of thinking I need to, to get rid of cable. And, man, it's hard because I love, I love, that's kind of like my go and disappear kind of time. But is it possible that even something even good things can become gods in our lives. There is an odd story in the Bible. It's in the begin, kind of toward the beginning. It's Abraham and Isaac. Do you remember that story? Where God actually calls Abraham to put Isaac, who was his son that was born late in life. Remember the miracle of Isaac? 
And what is God asking him to do? To go and to sacrifice Isaac. That doesn't make sense to us. Now, personally, I don't think God was ever going to let Abraham sacrifice Isaac. But you know what? Just that idea that even good things can become gods to us. Things like careers, things like even our our kids, our family, uh, people that we worship. Now, what is a, a God? God is anything. A little g God in our life is anything that Martin Luther said this way, my real God is the one to which I give my final obedience, from which I expect my highest help. What is the one thing in our lives that we would say, you know what, I don't know if I'm willing to give up. What is the one thing that I'm not willing to give up? This word Artemis, it also means something else. It means safety and it means health, the root of that word. I was taking some kids to camp a couple of weeks ago and we were uh, near Waxahachie. And right before we turned uh, to go to the camp, on a bridge, there were some people, and they were protesting. This was a couple of, of weeks back, and it was all about, remember when it was a big story in our country, that kids, babies coming across the border? There were these signs. There were signs like, return to sender and protect our borders, don't change diapers. And that kind of hit me hard, I'm going to be honest. So I don't know if it was just the camp environment and everything. I was just was looking just at the negativity of that scene. And I was even more disappointed when I was reading a website that talked about, it's, it's a Nazarene site, and we were going to, we're thinking about ways of how we can go and help the, the kids and babies that were across the border now without, without parents. You know, what are ways that we can actually supply food and a place to stay? And some of the comments that were made on that website were basically, you know what? We don't even have money for our children's Sunday school supplies. Why are we giving money to them? And that just, that just ripped my heart. Can we, can we be real honest? Man, that, that whole immigration, the immigration system is broken. It is a mess. And, and we need to pray for our, uh, our leaders. We need to pray for those who are in, uh, in positions. But the heart of that matter, if we, we just spread everything, we take everything apart there and take out the politics of that, I'm afraid there might not be enough. There might not be enough good food. There might not, not be enough good health care or jobs. And there might not be enough for me. Man. What happened when their gods... Of, of wealth and security were challenged. I, I, can't, um, I can't help but think about Matthew 25 when I, when I thought about that scene. I've just kind of been thinking through that with my, my heart. There's Matthew 25. You can't read that chapter and not be rocked to the core. When Jesus calls us to give me your poor, give me your hungry, your huddled masses. God has called us to be a, a people of compassion, and to see beyond ourselves. So what happened when their gods were challenged? <laughs> they got ticked, and Demetrius was the leader of all this. But what did Demetrius see that really set him off? Like that, that decided to call this meeting of the silversmiths and say, you know what, we're going to do something about this. We're going we're gonna to start this riot and get this Paul guy. What did he see? Do you believe in magic? Do you believe in magic? Yes or no? Okay, back in the day when uh, I, uh, 
Uh, you guys are kind of stunned out of that last thing, aren't you? We're going to get over it, okay? It's okay. When I was a kid, there were a couple of things uh, that, that people would do that, uh, that I would think they were actually real, and I can't do this hard with it. You remember the, the, the thumb trick? I was never good at that, but the whole, like, wiggle the thumb, and then I actually believed that was happening, you know, when I was a kid. And there's, of course, there's the coin trick behind the ear. Oh, I made the coin disappear, and here it is. Um, but uh, back in the, the days of when I grew up in the 80s, the good generation of the good decade, if you will, there was a great magician, and his name was David Copperfield. He had great hair and eyes that were so, I don't know. Uh, but there were a couple of specials that he had. Do you remember these? He made the Statue of Di- Liberty disappear, and it was gone. And, and then there was another special a couple years later, I think it was 86, that he actually walked through the Great Wall of China. Did anyone remember that? Shake your head if you No, You don't remember that? Okay, you've got to YouTube it, all right? He actually walked through. Now, there is kind of, you know, when you're at that age, you're like, is that really, did that really happen? Um, when you see that, the, the rabbit coming out of the hat, you're like, does that really exist? Is that, we, we all recognize that it's an illusion, okay? There's an illusion. There's not real. But, but back in the day, when we're talking about magic back in these times, in ancient times, Magic wasn't the same thing that we think of today. It's the, a way of coercing or, or forcing the gods to act in your favor. So you would use magic, uh, spells, whatever, to get the gods to do what you would want them to do. C.S. Lewis said it this way, magic is an attempt to gain power without having to pay the price of humble submission to the god you are evoking. So what was happening here? Let's go back another step. Let's leave the meeting and go back a couple more verses. 19.11, what was happening there? Acts 19.11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So what was going on? Paul was able to actually heal people, to cast out demons from people. In fact, there was this thing where the handkerchief or his do-rag of the day, they were taking that and, it was, and they were actually, people were being healed just from that handkerchief. Kind of, kind of crazy. Here's the important part of that, that whole scenario, though, is, is when it says this. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Was Paul doing this? No. It was God working through Paul. But back in the day, people just thought, well, if you can connect with the gods, if you can invoke the gods, if you can say the right things to the gods, then you can get them to do what you want them to do. There was this group of, of guys that were coming around, 13 verse 16, and, and they were trying to, to actually do this. It was a business for them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, which would be a great heavy metal band name, the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, that evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Who are you? Then the the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them. Great verse, funny, for some reason, twisted way. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Okay, so here's the scene. These guys basically were name droppers. You would drop the name. You know anybody that's a name dropper in conversations? I know such and such, or I know this person, or I much once met this famous person that we're friends with, or 
you know, we're, we're buddies, we're like this, and I'm the, the tall one, um, that kind of stuff. Well, they were name droppers. So they would drop the, mo- the name of the most powerful God that they knew, little G, and try to, to evoke the power of this God. So what were they doing? They were suddenly, we, we heard about this Paul that could do this stuff. In the name of the God that Paul preaches, and what does the demon do? It's like, I, don't, I know who God is, and I know who Paul is. I've heard of him, but who are you? Who are you? And suddenly this demon jumps on the man that is possessed, jumps on top of these seven sons, beats them, whips them, sends them out naked and scared. People begin to see this. They, they, they see what's happening. They see what just took place. You, you don't believe that people actually misuse the name of Jesus for their own benefit. Because you see, these people were getting paid for this. You don't think that people would just slap the name of Christian on anything, do you? Or on themselves. We live in a, a world that, or a country that's full of Christians, Right? When the, the people saw this spiritual showdown, they were rocked to the core. They saw that the, basically their way of doing things, the way that they called on the gods and used the gods for their benefit versus what was really taking place with the real power found in God, that, that shook them to the core. And what happened? What happened for, as a result of that when they saw this scene? Acts 19, 17 through 20. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together, and they burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, they total, the total came to about 5,000 drachmas, and the way... In, in which is about, I'm sorry, 50,000 drachmas, which is about three or four million dollars in today's terms. Three or four million dollars. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So here's the scene. People, they suddenly see the power of God. They go to their homes. They go inside their homes. They go to that closet in the back that you don't want anybody to know about that's back there, the place where you stuff the stuff that you don't want people to see. Everybody's got that closet, right? They go to the top shelf of that closet. They take out the shoebox that's up there, and all of these scrolls and these uh, magic formulas that they had been holding back in this box, they take them out, and they go to the place where they are meeting, and they start up a fire. They start to throw them inside. Now, what were these scrolls? These scrolls, basically, they were being sold for a lot of money, obviously, three or four million dollars. They were sold as ways to control God, to control the gods. If you have enough money, you can buy the right formula. You can buy the right thing to say. And these things, actually, they, they tell us that if you said the right thing, you could make someone fall in love with you. You could actually put a, a curse on someone as like a retribution curse. You could do about anything that you wanted. If you had enough money, if you could buy one of those things. Now, here's the interesting part to me that I never noticed before. 
the people that are doing this, they're believers. They're believers. Paul had been amongst them for two years now. And when they see this scene, the power of God demonstrated, when they see this scene, suddenly they go, you know what? I got something I've been holding back. I got something in my closet. I got this little G in my closet, and no one else knows about it. No one knows it's there. No one, you know, it's just kind of that hidden thing. You know, I, I gave my life to God, but, you know, there's this thing. There's this thing. And when no one else is around, <laughs> I pull it out. And I got to confess to you, this, this, this God here, this little G, it's the biggest one. It's the God of control. It's the God of control. I just bought a massive pack of uh, Prilosec. And this is my, this is my little G, if I'm going to confess today, because I want to control. It's hard to trust. It's hard to trust when you get bad news. It's hard to trust when you don't know what the future holds. It's hard to trust when our God, I have to tell you, he doesn't want half of us. He doesn't want three-fourths of you. He doesn't want 90% of you. He wants everything. He wants us to go to those closets. He wants to get those things out that are the gods, the little gods of our lives. And I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it is control. Maybe it's, maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's a God of pleasure. You know, that's what our world tells us. Do what makes you feel good. That's God in our world. And if it feels good, then guess what? It's right when we know that isn't right. Maybe it's a God of, what can I do? What can I see? What can I, what can I smoke to just make me feel better, to get distracted? And that doesn't have to be smoke. That could be what you're watching. What, what am I just, distractions. I'm just going to worship this because I'm, I'm tired of it. What are the things that we're serving? Or maybe it's just, I need to feel attention. I just, I, I need to be, I'll do whatever it takes to be popular. Little gods in our closet. I don't know who was the first one. I wonder who it was that, uh, you know, when he saw when they saw this, they saw this scene. I wonder who was the first one because it always has to take one. It has to take one. You know, they see this scene and the, and the church is gathered and they've seen what God has done and demonstrated through through Paul. I wonder who was the first one to go back to the house and go to that closet. The first one to pull out a match and say, you know what? I'm not going to serve that God anymore. I'm not going to bow down. You know, no one knows about this, but today, and this is what they said, they would confess the evil things. They were confessing and they were burning scrolls. They were burning these things in their lives because guess what? When you burn it, it's gone, baby. It's gone. You can put it away, but until you burn it, it's still there, isn't it? This morning, uh, hopefully you got some matches. And uh, I just would wonder, 
there's anybody this morning, you don't have to come down to an altar. Maybe you want to pray in your seat. Just in, in the prayer time of your heart that you would say, God, I've got something in my closet. I've got something in that shoebox that no one knows about. And this morning, I want to burn it. I want to burn it. It's gone. As Garen prays or plays, you've got some matches. Maybe just out of symbolic act this morning, you just want to light it up. You just want to light one up and say, God, God of control is not, I'm not going to bow down anymore to this. To this. I'm not going to bow down to this, to that, or whatever comes to your heart and your mind this morning. And you just symbolically want to say, God, I'm burning it. I'm burning it. Act as the, the Spirit leads you this morning. Garen's going to play, and in a few seconds I'm going to pray. But maybe the Lord's calling you to, to light up a match this morning. Father, we love you today. God, in this time of confession around the room, God, we can openly confess to you, Lord, the things that we have done. There's nowhere to hide from your, there's nowhere to hide from your grace. Lord, you've seen every moment of our lives and you love us the same. You know about the things that are hidden. You know about the things that are seen. And God, Lord, today we declare Lord, we declare that there are no gods before you. You are the author, the perfecter of our faith. God, we pray, Lord, for your mercy today. God, we confess, Lord, there are times that we have, Lord, we have bowed down to other gods. We have worshiped other things. We have let other things determine our paths. We have listened to the wrong voices for too much of our lives. And Jesus, we burn them today. We burn them in your name, Lord, not to be brought back again. Jesus, I pray for freedom this morning. Freedom for those who have been enslaved. Enslaved to a to addictions, to things that are not of you, to thoughts that are not of you, to actions, to words, to things that we have, Lord, we've we've stood for that are not of you. God, help us, Lord. Help us to, Lord, stay focused, to listen to the right voices, and that's yours, Lord. God, we want to worship you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength, Lord. And we give these things to you today, Lord. God, help us, Lord, I pray, not to go back to the ashes. Help us not to go back to the burnt logs and look for the things that have been dragging us down for too long. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the freedom that you bring. And it's only because of your cross. It's only because of your grace. 
we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. This morning, I thank you just for your obedience this morning. You've been obedient all service long. And I am thankful to, to serve beside you and to live beside you. I pray that this week, Lord, maybe you want to take that uh, matchbook home with you. We put a little place there, this little uh, little sticker there in the front. By the way, if you buy really cheap matches, you get a president on each matchbook. And also, uh, Kroger does not have any more matches, the one up here. So if, uh, if you're looking for those, sorry. Uh, but maybe on that little sticker this week, maybe you just want to put that thing that you burned on there, that idol, that little G, and you want to put it somewhere that you can see. So when you go back to the, the fire to try to pick it back up, maybe you want to be reminded of what God has, has, has burned and has taken away in your life. So glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us, uh, we're, gra- we're really glad that you're here. Uh, we're thankful that you've been able to worship beside us. A couple of things or announcements-wise. Um, if you want to grab a suitcase, you can see uh, Michelle about that. We've got an awesome, by the way, the one, two, the, the one that's under the U, I've claimed that one. That one is mine. Um, if uh, we have a, a women's uh, conference that is coming up, it's a one day. Uh, if you're interested in that, Beth Moore simulcast is going to be an amazing day, an amazing day of worship, amazing day of growth. You can see Miss Carrie, she is in the back right there. She can tell you some more details about that. If you bought a Hillsong con, what is it called? Concert, I was thinking conference, a Hillsong concert ticket. They're going to be in town on Friday. Maybe there's more tickets available. We bought some. If you bought them with us, you can see Miss Melissa. She's going to be in the back. You can grab those tickets. If you have not got your tickets yet, I'm just going to tell you, best thing you can be at on Friday night. This is going to be us. The Berry Center is just going to light up in worship. And uh, if you get a chance to be there for that, a lot of the stuff that, that we sing, you'll recognize some of those songs. Great chance to worship uh, this Friday night with our whole uh, community. We're praying for you this week as you're getting ready for school. We're excited about next week being uh, the, school, the start of school, some of you have already started. We actually have promotion Sunday next Sunday, so we're, we're pumped about that with, with new things starting there. And Pastor Jen's first Sunday is next Sunday as well. So if you want to sign up to be a part of that luncheon, you can do that. It's going to be a chance for, for, for parents to connect to uh, her and to see and to hear what's going on in that department. Have a wonderful week. We love you. May the grace and the peace of God go with you this morning.